What's going on, guys? This is Rob Doster here. I want to let you know about our sponsors, Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about them yet, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. I know because all of our 28 podcasts on the field of 68 and the field of 12 use Anchor by Spotify. It has the tools that will allow you to record and edit your pods right from your phone or your computer. You can distribute anywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all those places that allow you to listen to podcasts for absolutely free. Anchor sends those pods directly to the feeds. And here's the best part about it. Anchor is totally free. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm if you want to get started on your own podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Doster, T.O. and Fanta Podcast. That is the DTF Podcast. It is Valentine's Day today. Hopefully you guys both got your uh, significant other something nice. I got my wife some calla lilies. Uh, those are her favorite flowers. You got to make sure for all those uh, all those gentlemen out there, make sure you learn what your wife or your girlfriends or your love interests favorite flower is. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a big step up. But uh, it's the day after Super Bowl Sunday. I think all of us are dragging a little bit. Um, we are recording this earlier than usual to uh, to kind of fit T.O. into our schedule because, um, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, we got a lot to get to. I want to talk about Memphis. I want to talk about Michigan. We have to talk about some of those teams out on the West Coast. But before we do all of that, Jonathan Chambachachua, Baylor's heart and soul, their energy guy, went down with what has been described as a season-ending knee injury. I think anybody that was watching that game and saw the way that he fell knew right away that that thing wasn't going to end up being good. Uh Baylor got the win. They ended up beating Texas 80 to 63. Um, they're getting a little bit healthier in their backcourt, Fanta, but what does this mean? What does this injury mean for them moving forward? It means a ton because the constant for Baylor is their rebounding ability and their defensive ability. And Jonathan Chamwa Chachua is really the, the backbone of all those types of things, not to mention the energy, the energizer bunner, bunny of the team. He is that guy that makes things happen for others. He's a guy who everything he does does not show up on a stat sheet. So I I think that this is a big, big injury because there are just certain guys that you know you can count on through a season arc, whether you're going through a high or whether you're going through a low. And we actually don't talk much about Jonathan Chamwa Chachua when we're talking about the keys to Baylor. You know why? Because it's such a constant. We count on him. We know that he's going to bring it every game. So we're often looking for the variables that will add to that. When you lose a guy like this, you can't fully account for what he does for this basketball team. It is a big loss for the Bears. Yeah, he brings the energy like Fanta brings the energy to the DTF podcast, right, T.O.? I like that. It's a perfect comparison. Like we know that Fanta's energy is going to be the constant. And you knew that Jim Wachacha was rebounding and his field goal percentage was going to be a constant, like 70%. He's that lob threat. He doesn't do more than what's asked offensively, but he knows his role. And I'm curious to see how they react. Because if you look at one other team throughout the country, Florida State lost Malik Osborne, their lead communicator on defense. And you saw what happened. They've lost six in a row now. Like it is a massive deal to lose somebody that's the focal point of your defense. And when you, whenever you're guarding the other team's five, that's the person that's being put in screening roles more than any other position on the floor. 
and the fact that he was able to cover those screen and roll so well to guard so many different positions and be that lead communicator, it means a lot. And we did, and Fanta's absolutely right. We don't talk about him because you just knew he was going to be there, just solid all yeah. the time. And he's an elite defender, and that's going to be missed greatly because Baylor, they were hoping to get some of those other ancillary things. That ball movement was hoping to come back when LJ Cryer gets healthy again. They're hoping to start knocking down shots at a higher rate. They can cover some of those things up because, guys, they still have bodies. Kendall Brown and, and Sohan, those guys are still terrific. But it doesn't replace that veteran guy in the locker room that continues to talk and communicate and be that guy that you can look to during the team huddles during a free throw, for example. Yeah. And you know what else it is that you get, if you're going to play Kendall Brown at the five, like he probably has the length and athleticism to do it at a certain level, but we're in middle the middle of February, man, it's February yes. 14th is Valentine's day. So the super yeah. bowl was played last night. Like there are six games left in the regular season. If you're going to change what you do at this point, that is a very, very big ask. Like we're not, we're not at a point of the season where you're gonna have to, where you want to be trying to figure things out and making making things work a different way. Like you want to be fine tuning the stuff that you always do and the stuff that you are really good at, and uh, making that that pivot without having someone that is kind of the heart and soul of your roster. Now the good thing is they still do have Flo Thamba, right? It, it, you're just you're asking a guy that normally plays like twenty to twenty five minutes a game to now be a 35 minute a game player which is tough to do in a league where it's very easy to get two foul calls in the first five minutes of a game uh, when you're putting someone like that out on the perimeter no question and you look at what Baylor has if there's any team that's going to be tough to try some things against from a physicality standpoint and from a defensive standpoint from all the things that like Jonathan Chamwa Chachua is the perfect player for Baylor's matchup with Texas Tech he he's he fits that matchup, and that's a big rematch, right? I mean, Texas Tech went into Waco the first time around. Now they're going to square off again in Lubbock on Wednesday night. So this is a, a tough time to have a player get hurt because you are in a situation where you're fighting for a Big 12 title. You're thinking about that home stretch and putting together your best basketball. This is a deep, deep challenge for the Bears, can they handle it? Yes. Yes, it's a guards game at the end of the day in this sport. And for Baylor this year, I think that the biggest key is for them to be able to be in sync between Cryer, Flagler, and Akinjo. Uh, But by the same token, this is such a big loss in in a variety of ways because Shamwa Chachua has shown he's got a big game presence. He's shown that he could face off with anybody in the post. And now, from a matchup standpoint, Scott Drew's got a lot to to figure out. He really has to figure some things out here. And it comes in the middle of February. There's not much time to figure stuff out in the Big 12. Yep, absolutely. Um, and it, it just... He's he's one of those guys where it just sucks to see a player like that go down. Oh. Like, he's so easy to root for and... That injury, I, I don't, I don't want to rehash it. I, I could no. only watch it once. It was, it was one of the, uh, the worst knee injuries that I've seen in a while. All right, let's move forward. Let's talk about things that are probably a little bit happier. We had a couple teams um, that were uh, highly regarded heading into the season. Pick up some big, big wins this week. Um, Michigan knocked off Penn State, then they blew out Purdue before, uh, before falling to Ohio State on Saturday afternoon. Um, all in all, great week for Michigan. 
Also a great week for Memphis. They've now won five consecutive games. Uh, and on Saturday, they went into Houston on the road and knocked off a top 10 team, um, despite the fact that they didn't have an Imani Bates. Uh, T.O., this was a program, Memphis specifically, that uh, we spent the entire offseason talking about their star power and their famous names and Imani Bates and Jalen Duran and Penny and Rasheed Wallace and Larry Brown and all of these big name guys. And it turns out the best player on that roster is a 25-year-old transfer from Evansville who was, I think they were 0-18 in the Valley the year that he left Evansville. That's the dude that is leading the Memphis Tigers basketball program right now. And to be honest, I think when they're at their best, they are playing the way that a 25-year-old transfer from Evansville would want to play. And that's what they did on Saturday. Well, I mean, here, here, here's another truth of the matter, too. You take five games, they're on a six-game winning streak. He's been out for five games, right? Uh, mm-hmm. you fix issues, and those are a lot of backside defensive issues because he struggled with that all year. It's been tough for him all season long to basically understand where he's supposed to be away from the basketball, and that just him showing up at the end of the or at the right at the beginning of the regular school year. He didn't get that summer to warm up. There's never been a doubt of that in the American Conference. Not great, guys. We've we've acknowledged it as much. Good for them for winning five in a row. They need to keep it going. They've crept their way back on the bubble. How many good wins are there left, really? You have Houston at home. I'm win. Maybe SMU. I don't I haven't checked the net rankings and all this stuff or the net yeah, ratings so and all if this they, stuff. If they so win I think at it's Cincinnati SMU Houston. Yeah, at Cincinnati on Tuesday would be a quad two win. Um, at SMU next Sunday would be a quad one win, and they get Houston at home, who is still top five. Um, in the net. They also get Wichita State at home, which right now is a quad two win. I don't know how long that's going to end up yep. lasting, but there's basically two games they got to get. You got to win at SMU, and you probably need to beat Houston at home. You get those two, and I think that Memphis is they, – they, they might be in the tournament, man. After all of the – the all, everything that we've said about them, they might be in the tournament. That would be unreal. That would be a credit to Penny, really. I mean, mm-hmm. let's be – it would be a credit to Penny of figuring it out, slowing his guys down, putting uh, – you're right. The Evansville guy, he's pretty good. And mm-hmm. him being kind of a stabling force for all those young guys really helps. Really, really helps. Yeah, I'm not buying it. Uh, I, I don't think that this is going to last. I think that they beat a Houston team that's very shorthanded. And it showed Houston does not have any bench at this point. They, they've lost the – they've had a couple of huge losses. And, and they were due for this. They were due to have a, a tough week, and they had it. That being said, let's look at Memphis. Here's the thing. I give Penny Hardaway some credit here for for keeping this thing from totally going off of the tracks because it was trending in that direction about four weeks ago. And and Landers Nolly has been nothing short of terrific, and I think that that's great. And, and he has to be for this team to do anything because – they they don't have a primary ball handler that they can count on, so they need other guys to step up and, and try to take on those duties, and, and that's what you have here. But I, I can't sit here and say, so if the tournament started this morning, just looking at, at all the bracket projections and looking at where Memphis stands, they help themselves hey, quite a, a bit. Your point. I got I to gotta run real quick. Give me one second. Absolutely. They help themselves quite a bit over the weekend. But they did not do enough, in my humble opinion, 
to to be for us to be sitting here and saying, yeah, they're a tournament team as it stands right now. They have some more work to do. Yes. Now, the problem that I have, Terrence, is that yes, if they could get those wins that we just talked about uh, at SMU and and Houston again, yeah, I think we'd be talking about them as a tournament team. But you can't take losses in other places, and on the offensive end of the floor. They're a little too inconsistent for me to be sitting here and saying that I actually believe it, like that I actually believe it. And look, we have to talk about tough topics on this podcast. We do not hide behind topics. And the fact of the matter is this. Do I think Memphis could make it? Maybe. Do I trust them to make it? Do I trust them? I I don't. I don't trust them to make it. And that's my honest opinion. I think it'd be a feel-good story. I hope I eat my words, and if I'm wrong, I will on this podcast. It's okay to be wrong, and yeah. I might be wrong, but I I don't trust it, Terrence. I just I don't trust it to that degree. Well, here here's my to to expound on my point about Imani Bates. They're five and one when he doesn't play. Yeah, only only loss coming to Tulane at Tulane, which has been a tough place to play for anybody. Not just. You know, so that's my only thing. Defensively, that was what they leaned on last season. That's what won them the NIT. The, the, the NIT. Now, without Imani Bates in there, five and one defensively, I'd be I'd be interested to see the metrics on how Memphis is defensively without him playing, as opposed to when they are playing. That's my only thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, I mean, they're they're definitely better without him defensively, and honestly, yeah. I think that they're probably better offensively without him as well. They're I've, better as a whole without him. Like, because yeah. it's, it, they just, he's not ready. This should be, this should be a learning thing for a lot of people thinking to bring their kids up. Like, don't well, do it too quick. I, Cause it's going to hurt. I, ma- I make the comparison between Amani and Shaden Sharp and look at the way that that's going right now. Right. Shaden Sharp is yeah. not rushing things. He's yeah. going to sit at like, uh, I don't think Ty Ty Washington's injury is, um, is that serious? I talked to someone close to the program that basically said, yeah, it's, it's, it's the same ankle that he rolled against Auburn. And this is the kind of thing that he'll, he'll probably be out for. Um, a, it, it's a, it's going to be a day-to-day kind of a thing, game to game kind of a deal with him. Um, you know, I, you know how sore ankles go, but they're not going to rush Shaden Sharp back. Even if Ty Ty didn't play, I don't think that they would rush Shaden Sharp into the lineup because they're letting him kind of run his own race. Whereas Amani, if it, it's felt like everything has been, let's get to the NBA as quickly as possible. Of course. Of allow, instead of allowing the kid to kind of, develop the way that he needs to develop you should not be a 17 the the bottom line is this you should not be a 17 year old that's supposed to be a senior in high school being rushed to a conference and to a team at the division one level to play a position that you've never played before in your entire life that's just not gonna it it, this was this was a recipe for uh for disaster but i'll tell you this i i do hope that penny finds a way to get this group into the tournament because i will the one thing i will say about this i don't think penny knows what he's doing offensively. I think he has a very difficult time kind of scheming up stuff on that end, but he gets his guys to play so damn hard defensively. Like that, there's, there is something to be said for the level of defensive effort and execution that that team has when they're playing their best on that end of the floor. Yeah. But let's stay here for a moment. Here's the thing. Shaden Sharp, not playing. That's more of a testament to John Calipari than anything. Like, you're not just going to get on the floor if you don't know what the system is. Or Also, do you know how hard that is? Mm-hmm. That is so, so hard to just jump in. It is. It's extremely difficult to just jump in. 
And when the train's on the tracks, rarely are they picking up passengers along the way, unless you are to a point that, that you're so talented that, that, you know, there's no choice, but there is a choice at Kentucky still. And, and I think that that's why that situation is what it is. I think for Imani, I think that this is a really interesting development in the college game overall, because you have G league ignite and you have overtime elite. And that is where those programs influence what's happening here at Memphis or what has happened here at Memphis, because Memphis or another big brand school with a big brand coach could theoretically get this type of kid earlier. uh, Like, like Imani's situation is at Memphis and there's promises made. There's promises made. So the wrestling that has to happen here, this doesn't win in the college game. It doesn't win in the college game. You want to go make your cash uh, playing for G League Ignite and you want to fast track yourself to the NBA? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're not fast tracking to the NBA. Okay? You're either really, really, really good. You're that good. It doesn't matter where you walk into. It doesn't matter what situation you walk into. Don't try to tell me that the four different avenues to get to the NBA are that much game changer-esque. Like, don't try to tell me that one is that much better than the other. And at the end of the day, guys, there's all these programs that have come about. Overtime Elite, uh, G League Ignite, all that good stuff. They're not more proven than what John Calipari or Mike Krzyzewski or Bill Self can do. That is a fact. Yep, and it's also the the branding aspects of it too. Like it's just you're you're always going to be better off being in the public eye, um, especially if you're playing well, than than if you are playing for. Like, does I would argue that Jade? Bates would have been better in the in the G League or in the overtime to where like not as many eyeballs were on him. The, the agree. G League, the G League, not the, the overtime one, is not the he would have been better off in the G league. The only thing that I would say about that though, is that he's, I think he would have been even more exposed simply because yeah, physically he, like you're playing in the G league. Yeah. There are some dudes in the, G Oh league yeah. Beat him to yeah. death. Oh, yeah, you've so. got old players. You've got guys that have been around the block forever. Guys that are just old and have played the game against anybody. Here's, here's the other thing too. And I've talked with some coaches about this this year. And sometimes uh, when, when guys like us make statements like this, the fans think, well, what are you saying? Uh, you're a whistle piece for the coaches. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a whistle piece for the coaches. There's a difference between an excuse and an explanation. I guess I'm on one this morning. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm going to be brief on this one. There's a real thing in the sport. We have all signed this podcast. Kids deserve to get their money. Kids deserve to get paid. Go get paid, man. Like, you deserve to get paid. If you can make money off yourself, do it. Do it. Good on you. So I'm not arguing any of that. But it is very real. It is very real that in 2022, for a generation that grew up watching LeBron James, you walk into a gym, if you're a coach, on day one, and the majority of your players believe that they're going to the NBA. All of them. You know, almost everybody. There are a select few that that are, you know, real. So, but there's also a factor here where where I've I've heard this from coaches. 
oh, he just signed a lucrative NIL deal. He should. He should. Nobody's arguing that. But guys, and and if you're a player that listens to our podcast, I'm just going to tell you right now, just because good on you to make your money, you still got to get the other things done. You still got to, that all, that all is a nice supplement. But in terms of playing pro ball for a long time, and this is why we've said kids might benefit more off college NIL than they end up doing professionally at the end of the day, because their name might never be bigger than it is in college. 100%. But don't let that business in college have you peaking so early that then you lose focus of what the, the greater goal is. The, 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 the main, the main thing, thing the main thing. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, I was I was literally about to say that, CEO. You just I, the main thing. I ruined I ruined that stuff for you. I talked to I talked to an <laughs> a, I talked to an ACC uh, assistant coach uh, the other day, and I'm not going to specify who, but he said, you know what? It's it's a different time now because now, like when kids come in, there were he goes, I've never had to worry about s- silly shit like this. He goes, now I, I have to, this kid's worried about his brand and what's going to happen next all the time. Mm-hmm. He can't just focus on what's here right now. And as a result, he's struggling and he does, keeps the main thing, the main thing, everything else will take care of itself. That's the hard part about this whole thing. Yeah. The, the, the biggest thing is the, the reason why there's going to be players that get certain deals. Like the reason why Hunter Dickinson is getting all of the deals that he is getting. And the reason why he has such a brand and such a, like this big Dickinson energy thing is mm-hmm. a thing. It's because he was an All-American last season and came back to school, right? right? Like, you could sit here and say, I have all these branding opportunities. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm so good at this. Well, unless you have, like, 4 million followers on TikTok, right, you're not – you have to be a superstar to be able to get these NIL deals. That's the way that it's going to work. You got to keep the main thing the main thing, and I think people forget about that a little bit. All right. Either that or be really, really good-looking. It's got to be one of the two. <laughs> yes. Either do that or be really, really good looking. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, all right. So we, I mentioned Hunter Dickinson. Let's talk a little bit about Michigan because they had a great week. Um, for you, Ew. Fanta. Uh, they did. They did. They blew out Purdue. It changed what they were in all of the metrics. It took them from being a team that, that had an okay resume without uh. a great win to being a team that has a good resume with a great win. Now, does that mean they're in the NCAA tournament, fans? It doesn't sound like you're you're sold yet. I, first of all, I, I love post Super Bowl Sunday Fanta because he just tells it like it is. Well, they didn't spare, have no, a gra- spare nothing. They had a they had a great win, but yes. they lost at home to Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State's good. It happens. You got to sustain it. It was forty. The game. Was I don't care. Forty eight hours <laughs> after after a, a great win. Right, yeah, but they're not in the tournament today. They're not in the tournament today, and they're going to. That's what I. That's what I was asking you. They're going to Iowa. They're going to Iowa, and they're going to Wisconsin this week. You got to win one of those games. Mm -hmm. You got to win one of those games. You go zero and two. I'm sorry, like that said, three straight losses in the Big Ten. You know, on After Dark on Thursday, we did the show, and and I said that this is the type of window here. Show me. Show us. Show us. You know, I, I guess I'm being negative this morning. I don't know why because I'm not. I I'm not it. normal. I just, I just don't understand. To me, you come off that type of a win. Ohio State is good, but they're not Purdue, right. Illinois, or even Wisconsin. When Johnny Davis is really rolling, like we've seen that Wisconsin get unveiled from time to time. See, um, I would, I would push back on that a little bit. I, I think that yeah. that Ohio State is 
is in that same conversation, like at the very least, Wisconsin, right? Because they have a stud like Wisconsin does in EJ Liddell. And then they have a bunch of guys that kind of give you a supporting cast that you don't know if you can necessarily fully trust at this point. Yeah, I think now, Ohio State's supporting cast is average at best. So I'm not high on Ohio State either. I don't, I don't think Ohio State's any good. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Like, I, I think they're good enough to win a tournament game. Maybe they get the right draw. But beyond Liddell, what do they have? who hasn't really figured it out consistently yet. So there's a point to be made there. I'm not big on Ohio State either. I like it. Like, what are they? (laughs) Like, they're EJ Liddell and a bunch of other guys. And then a freshman that just doesn't know any better, who's kind of figuring it out. But here's the thing with Michigan. You look at them, they do have to sustain it. Here's, Here's the difference between them and Purdue. Like, even though Purdue plays absolutely terrible, they still find a way. Bingo. I'd have gotten yeah. some home court stuff, but they find ways to win. Guys, I, I've mentioned it before several times, winning ugly. This is that time of the year. You got to yes. win ugly because you're going to get you're going to get these games where you lose to Michigan. It'll be a little disappointing. Well, you better rebound quick, especially this this season, too, because like I was looking at Duke's schedule. They played four games in seven days and they were toward they all four games were like towards the bottom of the ACC level teams. You still got to flip around and win them again and win them again and win them again, because if you lose them, you're going to struggle and it's going to look bad. But at yeah, the same I mean, time, like sometimes you're just not going to win some of those games. Like, especially, but you have especially to this year quick. when you have you have all the COVID reschedules coming up. Like, yeah. I, I made this point about UConn the other day. They played Marquette on Tuesday, got a great win. They went to Xavier on Friday, had a tough loss in a game that um, they probably I don't want to say they should have, uh, but they probably could have won. And mm-hmm. 36 hours after the loss to Xavier, they went into St. John's in a game that is a nightmare matchup for them in terms of the way those two teams played and found they a way have. to gut out a win. It, yes. I don't care if Posh wasn't there. Like that's Those are the games. You, you don't play well. You're on the road against a bad matchup, and you find a way to get it done. Though, that game, well if this was in December, UConn would have lost that game by, by 12, and they found a way to get it done. So that's, that's a step in the right direction. That's what you need to do. Last point I want to make on Michigan before we move on. This is what their schedule is the rest of the season. At Iowa, at Wisconsin, Rutgers at home, Illinois at home, Michigan State at home, Iowa at home, at Iowa State. God bless you, Juwan Howard. Good luck. Yeah. You got to go. Ohio State. I, you got to. You got to go four and three. Yeah. Right now, right now in the Big Ten, Rutgers has a better shot to make it than Michigan. Wow. Come on. <laughs> Rutgers is like 80th in the net. If Rutgers makes it to the NCAA tournament, they'll be the they'll be the lowest team in the in the history of the net to ever make the NCAA tournament. Okay, so so Rutgers Rutgers has uh, Illinois at home, at Purdue, at Michigan, Wisconsin at home, at Indiana, at Penn State at home. Rutgers mm-hmm. lost to Lafayette at home. Lafayette yeah. is 330th in the country. That is the, the, true, the Lafayette but... loss is the worst loss that any team anywhere near the bubble has to their name. So yes. Rutgers has some phenomenal wins at home. That win at Wisconsin was huge, but they're, they, to me, they're very, very much on the cut line. Because Lafayette oh, they're on the cut line. They're, they're on the horrible. cut line. I just, I just don't trust Michigan at all. I, they don't shoot the three well at all. They have no perimeter threat consistently. Like they hit, between their their top three players uh, in the win over Purdue, they hit nine threes, three threes between the three of them. They, they're just not a team that can affect the game from the perimeter the way that last year's Michigan team was able to do. 
and they haven't gotten anything close to what Mike Smith provided them last last year from a backcourt perspective. So I went bold there, no question about it, uh, because I know that Rutgers doesn't get a you know a lot of national love, but they had a ter- they Rutgers had a great nine and five in the Big Ten. Rutgers had a great week. They're Rutgers five. Rutgers is the one who had a great week. They went to the Kohl Center and won. Yeah. I mean, they, nobody, if nobody if, does that. Yeah. And, and they beat Ohio state. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I'm just saying and they're and, nine and five in a really good conference and a top three conference in the country. They're nine yeah. and five in the top three conference. In the and country. Ohio. Yeah, I, 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 I'll tell you this though, guys, I'll tell you this. You could sit here and you could rattle off what their record is in the big 10. I promise you, I promise you that will never, ever get mentioned in the selection committee's room. Fair or not, no one is going to say one thing about what their record is in conference play, especially because they play in a league where it's not a uh, a double round robin. That nine yeah. and five record will never ever ever be mentioned. The Huge loss Lafayette will be though. Yeah, but if you get to twelve or thirteen Big Ten wins, I have a very difficult time believing that you're going to be left out of the field. Yeah. I mean, you're you're getting twelve. If you get a dozen wins over Big Ten opponents, ah, Lafayette is Lafayette. You know, it's a bad loss. The 12 Big Ten wins should trump it. The, the problem I have with Michigan is I don't trust them offensively. And and I think that Rutgers is a team that with Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr. and a core guys that they lost transfers, but, but guys that just expect to win. Tell you what, this is huge. This is the week. Let's revisit this next Monday, albeit briefly. Mm-hmm. Michigan's at Iowa and at Wisconsin, right? Rutgers is home Illinois at Purdue. Now, if Rutgers splits and Michigan doesn't get a win, then we're going to be talking differently. And by the way, I want to close with this. Ohio State is good enough to make the NCAA tournament. But they, can they from a game-to-game perspective, I don't understand what they're getting from their supporting cast beyond don't, EJ. Don't try to walk back now. You said, you said Ohio State was terrible. You said Chris I said Holt they weren't any fired. good. I, this was a no, a no. I'm a from huge Fanta. Chris. They are I'm not a, good. Chris Holtman needs to get run. Oh no, no, no. Back to Butler. No, <laughs> frankly, frankly, Chris Holtman. Chris Holtman's getting as much as he could out of that out of that club. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, I just yeah. don't. I don't love. I mean, the fact they beat Duke. That still is one. Of, that's still one of the more impressive comeback wins of the season. So I'm an Ohio guy, but I just don't. I can't trust the Buckeyes. I can't. Yeah. Well, let's let's stick in the Big Ten here because I do want to ask you guys this. Um, on what was it? Was it Tuesday? Was it Monday? Purdue, whatever day it was, uh, Purdue hosted Illinois and ran them off the floor in the second half. We saw Purdue at their very, very best in the second half of that game. I believe it was Tuesday night. Um, and they ended up winning by like 18. Uh, they turned around on Thursday and they got smoked by Michigan. Like smoked. And then on Sunday afternoon, they faced off with uh, – with Maryland in a game where uh, Maryland probably should have won that game with the way that Purdue played. Purdue got it done. They, they went out and they got the win, and there's and credit to them for finding a way to get it done. Uh, but I thought that Maryland was the better team in that game, um, at least on that day. Uh, so let me ask you guys this. Who are you more concerned about long-term? Who are you more worried about when it comes to the NCAA tournament and potentially making a run when it comes to finding a way to win a Big Ten tournament title? Purdue or Illinois? Well, I'm more concerned about Purdue because they do not defend. And for me, uh, that is, that's just who they are. It's part of their identity now. And that's concerning because in the NCAA tournament, there are moments and times 
when you're trading baskets. You get to the third game or you get to the fourth game, you're you're facing another really, really good team that's going to say, we are so comfortable right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem that I have with the Boilers is that when push comes to shove and they need to string three stops together, nor alone, you know, let's just talk about one or two. Can they do it? Can they do it? So they are what they are by now. They are an outstanding offensive basketball team. They have an NBA draft lottery pick. They have one of the best schematic coaches in the country who does not get discussed enough. But guys, T.O., if you can't guard, man, that's hard to win six consecutive games. It's really hard to, to be able to do both those things. And they just have trouble guarding. Hey, if you look at just conference at the metrics, offensive efficiency, Purdue first, effective field goal percentage, Purdue first, offensive rebounding first, free throw rate first, two point percentage first, yeah. three point percentage first. If Gonzaga, played anybody I would imagine the same if they played anybody don't hit me with this St. Mary's is ranked bull don't don't do it because if they played anybody with any offensive firepower they're much so I I'm a little I'm bullish on Purdue because I think they have somebody at the end of the game that can get you one they're Mm -hmm. a matchup Mm -hmm. nightmare and they're going to be able to score they're going to be able to score uh Kofi Coburn goes out of the game for Illinois. I get worried. I think like they're so reliant on him to where Purdue, I one person. Now, Jay Nivey means a lot. Like a couple of those finishes he had against, uh, oh gosh, it was in, it was in Illinois where he just went berserk in the second half. Yeah. I've watched so much basketball this year. It's unbelievable. But it was, it was uh, no, you know what it was? It was Michigan last weekend where he was, he got downhill and he was just dunking in traffic. Like it, he was like, it was layup lines. It was ridiculous. He was doing now he, he is kind of the lightning rod for that team, but it, I just, the, the, this Illinois team, Kofi Coburn gets knocked out. Like Fanta, you talked about Verdue and all those guys behind him. Like, I just don't know if it's there behind him. To okay. Where Purdue, I know that they, ha- I know what they have and what they have behind Zach Eady, who, by the way, Zach Eady is the first pick in the draft. Like, let's be absolutely clear here. Like, if it's 1995, Zach Eady is the first pick in the draft. But it, I, I just love this Purdue team. I, offensively, they, they, they just, they're so good. So many different weapons defensively. You got to be able to score. I know it gets physical, but they're so big. They're going to be able to embrace physicality. And if they control the boards, that's going to help out with their defense. Son. I'm just, I, I can't, I understand their ceiling. I know how good they are when they are at their best, but yep. there are too many nights where they are so reliant on finding a way to get things going offensively. And they are so reliant on having to um, have some of these explosive offensive outbursts that, uh, I I think that there there's going to be a game in the tournament where they do something like shoot four for eighteen from three, and Zach Eady gets in foul trouble early, and they can't establish Trevion Williams, and they there's somebody that can slow down Jaden Ivey like that. To me, they are just primed for for an upset early on in the tournament, like in the first in the, in the second round or maybe even in the uh, the Sweet Sixteen. I, I just 
I think I trust Illinois so, to find like a way here, to get here, it done. Here's, here's my thing with the upsets in the NCAA yeah. tournament. Like, who upsets them? Because if they play a mid, like, they're going to do 80% well, think- from two. They're not like, getting picked up. They're not. They're not losing in the first. They're going to be a one or a two seed, and there's no way that a 16 seed or a 15 no. seed is going to pick them off. But what's going to happen is let's look at the teams that are kind of right now. I'll, I'll go to bracket matrix right now, and I'll walk you through the teams that are kind of in that seven to ten seed range. Yeah, they would probably be playing in the second round. This uh, is fine. Ar- Arkansas, Arkansas is a team that has the guard play that can take advantage of what they want to do, and they can space out the big guys. Um, a team like Wyoming has the guard play that can be able to get that done. I think that no. Seton Hall is a team that is built to be able to, to give to give uh, Purdue a little bit of trouble. Um, I think that Colorado State is a team that can give them trouble because of the way that they can space, space things out on the offensive end of the floor. Um, I think that Wake Forest is a team that can give them a little bit of trouble because of the way they can space things out. Someone mm-hmm. like, a, like Miami with the, the guard play that Miami has, if they end up getting Purdue in the second round, they're a team that can give them a little bit of trouble. Oregon is a team that I think can give Purdue a nah, little bit Oregon, of trouble. Oregon, we need to pump the brakes on Oregon a little bit. No, we do. We do. Like that loss to, to, to Cal is, is, Hor- is horrendous. What, what, what does Shaq say? Horror awful. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the, the only thing that I'm saying, T.O., the only thing that I'm saying about um, about Oregon is that they are a team that has great guard play when they're right. And Jacob Young and Will Richardson would be guys that I think could find a way to be able to, uh, to create something off the bounce against Purdue. But listen, we got we to pay the bills here real quick. So, Fanta, let me ask you a question. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. Nothing. The nothing at nothing. all. That's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important to ever to be sure that you have the best VPN that you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything that you do online stays secure. And we know what you do online. We need to keep that secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection. And plans start at just under $4 a month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Hey, T.O., you want to make some money? How about you? Can I, can I invest in art? Can I invest in art? Yes, you can. And I'm going to tell you exactly how you do it. Uh, you go and download the Masterworks, uh, the Masterworks app. Um, if you want to make some money, you want to invest it in an exciting asset that has outpaced the S&P 500 by 164%. For 25 years, we are talking about art like TO referenced. Uh, Masterworks is the new investing app that allows you to invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Andy Warhol without needing millions of dollars to be able to do it. Over 300,000 people have already signed up for Masterworks. So get priority access with our unique promo code. Log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash B-L-E-A-V to be able to get uh, to get your discount. All right, let's talk about some West Coast basketball before we uh, we start to get out of here. 
Um, I want to know this. Arizona or Gonzaga, who you got? T.O., I'm going to you first on this one. Oh, that's so tough. That's <laughs> oh my so God. tough. They, oh. They're one and two in Kim Palm, too. Like, oh. goodness me. I'm goodness so glad he me. asked you. I am so glad he asked you first on this one. I thought he he said to us, hold on a second, podcast story. <laughs> he said to us he was going to ask us UCLA or USC. Then he throws that 99 mile per hour up in your chin heater. Rob, that might be the hardest question you have ever asked us. <laughs> it was like a Randy Johnson slider. Just right. Like and what I wasn't expecting. Putting you on Terrence, the Terrence, I, I just gave you 12 seconds, Terrence, to help thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, point guard play, I'm going Gonzaga. <laughs> and I've been hard on Gonzaga. I just, Kirk Creasa, you got to love him. You got to love him for what he is. I, he's, he's, I'm, I'm, I'm using this word in a very basketball context. He's very unstable. He's very unstable. And I just, because, you need some uh, stability at that point guard spot. Gonzaga has that with Nimbard and, and they can do some other things with Drew Timmy and all those guys. But uh, if I had to pick between the two, I would go with Gonzaga because of point guard play only. And that's not even mentioning Chet Holmgren and all those guys. I do think Benedict Mathurin is terrific. He's been a little bit inconsistent. I think we, we can all agree on that, but at the same time, Gonzaga's point guard play, I think, would put would give them the edge if we were going between the two for best team on the West Coast. I'm going to vote Gonzaga as well. And I think one of the guys that needs to get brought up from both ends of the floor is Julian Strother, who's yep. averaged about 15 points per game over the last three and, and just continues to be a, a real X-factor guy for them that fits into who they are well. But But beyond that, when you have the versatility and length that Gonzaga has between Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren. And and Chet has just continually impressed throughout his freshman season. I, I think that when you combine the fact that I do believe Gonzaga would be able to defend Arizona and and the idea that I think Gonzaga has more ways at the end of the day that they can score the basketball. And, and I think that you're in a situation where Andrew Nemhard is going to manage any situation in a matchup like that, that if they faced off head to head, I'm taking Andrew Nemhard and I'm taking him as the best guard on the floor. And I look at what Gonzaga has and look, you're right. Mathurin is a terrific talent that doesn't phase Gonzaga at all. So I go Zags over Zona and there's also a bit of I talked with a couple of coaches about this and I don't I don't know what you guys think of this. But one of the things that they've brought up is, you know, I do have to see Arizona get to the Elite 8, get to the Final 4. They I think they they very well could. In fact, I would have them going probably. But but by the same token, this is so new for this group of kids. For this head coach, the heading into this tournament, I'm very curious to see what they look like, you know, and what and how they do it. Look, Gonzaga hasn't won it all, but man, Gonzaga keeps getting there, don't they? Yeah. They keep yeah. getting there, so I'm going Gonzaga. Hey, if you look at Arizona's metrics too, very similar to Purdue's offensively. Like, huh. think about that. Everywhere except for the three ball, they don't shoot it as well. They're sub 33 percent from three. If that improves, 
holy moly, could they be dangerous. But other than that, mm. I mean, they get to the line, they get the offensive rebound, they can protect the rim. Like Christian Coloco is a dude defensively around the rim. Arizona's really good. It's just point guard play has, in their losses, been their Achilles heel. heel and that, that worries me. Yeah, Especially right, so coming I've, up against great teams. I, I have two things to, uh, to throw at you guys here. First and foremost, um, Gonzaga and Arizona are the only two teams in the country that are currently at this moment, ranked in the top 10 of both offensive and defensive mm. adjusted efficiency, according to Ken Palm, uh, which should tell you everything you need to know about how good both of those teams are. Um, yeah. And it should also alleviate any of the questions that people have about what they are defensively. But here's another stat that I think is pretty incredible. Gonzaga leads the nation in effective field goal percentage offensive, uh, offensively and d- defensive effective field goal percentage. Do you know who is number two in the country in defensive effective field goal percentage? No. Arizona. They are the top two teams wow. at forcing you to miss shots, more or less. Is, is that, that's essentially what it is. They are the two best teams in the country when it comes to making you miss. Um, and I think that that's, that's relevant. I would probably lean with you guys and go with, uh, go with Gonzaga. At the end of the day, if you're going to make me bet on somebody, I'm going to bet on the team that has two All-Americans starting in the front court. <laughs> yeah. Like Chet, Chet's, I know it's been a bit against guys that aren't very good, but um, Chet's been uh, been pretty unbelievable over the course of the last month, and I don't think he's gotten talked about enough. All right, last thing before we, we, uh, we move on, I'm putting you guys on the spot. UCLA or USC? You got to bet all your money on one of them to go farther in the NCAA tournament. Who you got? Who you you got? get this one, Fanta. Who you got? Yeah, you're asking me if I have to bet all my money on all your one money. of these. I'm one of these two. I'll take it. the I'll take the program that made the Final Four last year. I, just because UCLA lost a game to USC does not move me off of what UCLA is when they're at their best. And UCLA is a terrific defensive team. We often talk about tough twos. They make tough twos a lot easier by the way that they play. They have tough twos players because they have tough-minded guys who get it done. Jame Jaquez and Johnny Juzang. But, but beyond that, I think Jules Bernard is the key piece to this UCLA team. His shot-making ability changes a lot of things for them. Do I worry about them a little bit in the post? A little bit. A little bit, especially when you look at some of the other heavyweights in the country that we're speaking of. But big picture, UCLA over USC. I'm going the same direction, and it's for one reason and one reason only, is we know that USC has all this length around the perimeter. They're really long. Drew Peterson's big, tall, 6'8", 6'9". They got Mobley in the post. They do a really good job protecting the rim. The only problem with uh, Southern Cal is they give up 38% from three. You're going to go in the NCAA tournament, and you're going to give up 38 40% from three? That's going to be tough, especially against all these mid-majors that you'll probably see in the first round. That's an upset. That has upset potential written all over it. Uh, UCLA, they've just done it before, and they've got so many guys. Tiger Campbell, we talk about all these mid-range monarchs that they have over there at, U- at UCLA, but he's the guy that kind of makes it go all, all Well said. Go around. Uh, I like UCLA getting farther because you have got to guard the three ball in the NCAA tournament. That's why uh, – Wofford had their run a few years ago. That's why Belmont beat Duke as a 15 seed. Like the three ball means a lot in the, in the NCAA tournament, especially in the first round against a SoCon opponent, OVC, you know, one of those, one of these rankings, 12 to 16 to 17 conferences, 
like the three ball is huge. And if you can't guard the three in the first round of the NCAA tournament, you're going to get upset. Mm. Do you mean, do you mean Lehigh? Yeah, maybe Lehigh. I don't know. Bel- because Belmont definitely did not beat Duke as a 15. No, they were close though. <laughs> they were close. They were close. I remember because it was, it was Justin Hare. Just when they had Hare. Ian Clark, when they had Ian Clark, they, they lost by a point. When, when Duke what about, that's right. That's what maybe, it was. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. Maybe, but it was, but maybe it was, Mercer. Mercer. Mercer beat Duke. As yeah, a 15 seed. As a 15 as a, seed. As, right? as a, as a four, no, they were a 14 seed. They beat Duke. Oh, the hell with Duke. it. Dude, Duke, <laughs> I, know Belmont, I know Belmont was close. When Duke, the when Duke, lost, I know when Duke lost to a 15 seed, it was CJ McCollum and Lehigh. CJ right. McCollum That's went for right. like 35. Oglesby just gave Oglesby just gave Dallas Draw the hell with it. Not the hell with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it was uh no, but it, I remember because Justin Hare, who's a who's a legend in my mind, because he was he was a senior at my high school when I was a freshman. He signed to yeah, Belmont. I was about to say, where's, where's he from? Yeah, he from? from from those mountains, sons from Tennessee. Let's go. <laughs> but, but yeah, he played really well against him, and they almost upset him. I do remember that. So that's where that comes from. It's not out of nowhere, people. It's not all out of nowhere, Mr. Dowster. <laughs> all Dowster. right, T.O., T.O., we got, we got a couple of minutes left here. So why don't, you, uh, why don't you quickly tell everybody why we had to record this so early in the morning on a Monday? Because I'm heading up to the great state, the, great, the, great, the greatest fan base in the Big East right now. I'm not sure if they were the greatest fan base in the Big East last year, but th- right now they are bringing the heat, and they hate my man Rob Doster. That's okay. But, that's, <laughs> but we're heading They're up there. Rated. I'm flying out. Uh, I'm going through LaGuardia connecting and I will be at Providence for a massive matchup. The Friars take on Villanova and I am juiced to the gills. And I know my man, uh, John Fanta will be there. Uh, Goodman's going to make an appearance. We couldn't get Dawson to show up, but that's okay. We'll figure out another time. Man, it's going to be special on Tuesday night at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. This is the biggest Big East home game in Providence College basketball history. Providence College has never won the Big East regular season championship. Never. Oh, they've, they've never won it? Why do their fans trip like they have the best program in the Big East? Because their Don't fans do are. Don't do oh, that because you're not they've coming. Never, they've never won the. Oh, all right. I, I get it I'm going to tell little, you right now. Little, brother, little brothers finally uh, finally win some games. So now they, they got to get up and get big. Huh? I see. What I'm going to tell you right. right now. Everything Saturday, makes sense now. Everything makes sense now. <laughs> Saturday night. Saturday night inside that building. Against DePaul, of all teams, against DePaul. And credit to DePaul, they're playing hard. Terrence sent out a tweet about it. Rob did too. I thought, I thought DePaul just played hard. They're going to pick somebody else off here soon, and, and they're kind of a weird team. So don't overlook them if you're on, in the tournament picture. That being said, um, look, Providence did not play well for about 25 minutes. They did not play well. They did not play well. They had went big- ugly. I don't, it doesn't matter, though. Exactly. They figure out ways to win. And, guys, right now, we'll see what Taryn says after Tuesday night. The Dunkin' Donuts Center right now is the best atmosphere in the sport. It is. I am not joking you. I can't hear myself in my TV headset. I cannot hear what I'm saying, and neither could Vin Parisi on Saturday. You cannot hear yourself think. They have more tickets out than seats available by a large number on Tuesday night. 
Jay Wright is coming into an absolute monster house on Tuesday evening because it is a it's a crowd of folks that would go at Rob on Twitter and would go at Goodman on Twitter. They are very hostile. They do not give a you-know-what about what you think or who you are. They do not hold anything back. The Dunkin' Donuts Center, in this opinion, is the best atmosphere in college basketball right now, and it will show on Tuesday night for the Friars and Villanova. I expect this to be a sensational game, a battle between the two best in the Big East in the standings. This is going to be phenomenal, and I have one more thing to share with you guys here, okay? This says so much about what Providence has done under Ed Cooley overall. Because Rob Rob talked about little brother stuff. And and as much as that's a, a bit of a, a, you know, there's some sarcasm related there. The fact of the matter is this, that before Ed Cooley got to Providence, the Friars were not in a good place nationally. They weren't. The Keno Davis era did not go well. And the reason why I say that is this. Since 2013-14, since 2013-14, in games decided by six points or less, or a game that goes into overtime, Ed Cooley is 74 and 34 with a winning percentage of nearly 70% in those close games. I have someone who checked a number of other coaches, Coach K, John Calipari, Tom Izzo, others. The only other coach... The only other coach who's won more than 60% of the time since 2013-14 in a game decided by six points or less oh, let, or a game decided guess, in overtime. Let us guess. Let us guess. Let us guess. So it's from in the last eight years, better than 60% winning in close games. Is it a high major coach? Yep. Who do you, who do you got, CEO? Jay Wright. Okay. Is it Jay? It's the man Ed Cooley's facing tomorrow night. Wow, look at that. Yo, <laughs> walk it off. Walk it off, baby. That's I got to do some dips. I'm fired up, baby. Let's go. <laughs> How about that for Let's a nugget? Go. You can't get that on another podcast. There, what, a, no. what a stat. What a stat. Well, listen, uh, you guys are going to have a great time up there. I honestly wish I could have gone. My, uh, but I'm not ducking you. They don't want fans, you up okay? there. I'm they don't want you up there. They, would, they love me up there. No, uh, my my wife is my wife is out of town on a work trip. She's actually leaving tomorrow morning, so I am pulling a to, and I will be doing double dad duty all by myself for four days. So uh, if you if you could spare a couple hail, hail marys, someone up for me, I'm going to need that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> throw throw a couple good ones up to the big fella. Yes, we will. I'm gonna we will. I'm going to go pray. Say a rosary. <laughs> for I'm going to need the help. Well, listen, this has been fun. Uh, th- this podcast never fails to disappoint. Um, and hopefully someone is going to be getting a nice dinner in Providence off of you guys. I'm making Goodman pay. That's not going on the field of 68. That's going on the Goodman personal <laughs> credit card. Uh, but for, uh, for Terrence Ogles, before John Fates, my name is Rob Dawson. We will see you guys again next week.